I think this is where people get skewed, right? They want the label. They want the big label and they want the big advance, but they also want to like keep their masters and they also want to like do it all on their own. Trade-offs are equal between both. Like you can go with the big label, you can get the advance and you can get dripped into their system and still go nowhere because you didn't actually leverage anything, mm-hmm. right? And the leverage comes in where you get into the studio, you meet the people, you make the records, you shake hands. You might have an opportunity there that you would have never been open to or that door would have never been open to you yep. doing it on your own. The Radium Podcast, episode 92. I almost said 82, bro. <laughs> That's funny. I can't believe we're almost at 100 episodes. And we've saved 92 uh, for a friend of mine. And actually, interesting thing about this podcast is that uh, this next guest that we got on, um, he came through Radium probably three years three ago. Three years ago, yeah. yeah. Full circle. Three years ago. Um, Have my guy Max Margot from, uh, from France. From France. He flew in and he, his arms were tired. Yep, yep, yep. Real tired arms. I flew in just for the, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Three years ago. Three years He's ago. Just been waiting. <laughs> he said, when you get to 92, bro, I want on. I've just been preparing, preparing for this moment my whole life. But I think it's like, it's a really interesting thing because people talk about this all the time in the industry, right? They say, man, you got to be careful, like who's your intern, Mm. who you work with, who works under you, your assistant engineer, uh, the co-producer, the kid that's making the beats and doing his thing. And and, uh, you start talking down to him, being rude to him because one day he could be your boss. That's so true. And you're not my boss, motherfucker, but let's be real here. But like, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about that concept because it's really cool because, you know, Max actually interned uh, for Radium. Yeah. Like what? Almost three years, three years ago. ago yeah. For like, yeah, a year, year and a half. Yeah. Almost. So I think like, it's a really interesting case. Now you're doing your own thing, mm-hmm. you know, which congrats. Thank you. You're making really dope shit. I think it's uh, you got your own lane, mm-hmm. you know, what do you, what do you, what kind of style of music do you make really? Like what um, do you call that shit? I would like categorize myself into just electronic music. Yeah. I don't want to put trap or dubstep or pop because I work on all of these things and I love mm-hmm. it. And I think that's part of like the brand is to be able to expand and just, you know, grab a wider audience and, yeah. and everything I do is hopefully going to have that Esper sound anyway. Right. So I feel like you can just really go through different genres. So yeah, electronic music, yep. bass music. Okay, okay. So, you know, your your producer name, and maybe one day we'll hear you like singing or rapping on the track, right? <laughs> Never. I, try, I actually try. <laughs> it's, it's not possible. But yeah, my, es, uh, my uh, producer name or artist name is Esper. And like Bradley was saying, yeah, came out here three years ago to asking for an internship i vacuumed a di- and destroyed uh, bradley's cable on the first day remember <laughs> <That's> that right. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that's it i'm fired and he didn't fire me oh, he kept me on for like so a year funny. and that's definitely the way to go it's like everyone's saying just get an internship go get the grind go learn from what it is because yeah. i also went to school but it was completely different types of information that you get in right. school compared to an internship out here with someone that does that every day all day long the most interesting part about this whole thing, though, for me, is that the internship is one of the key things in the music industry. And I think it always Agreed. will be. 
And I think that it's being overlooked a lot lately, right? Like it's uh, people think like, oh no, I'm just going to sit in my room. I'm going to make beats all day. And then I'm just going to blow up, bro. I'm going to like get all these placements and then I'm going to be huge and famous and I'm going to go global and be on the billboards, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I always challenge those people with like, who do you know? Name one producer that stayed in the bedroom making beats, got a bunch of placements, became rich and famous. Yep. Nobody, nobody, I couldn't even like, even the producers that started in the room and got placements like murder beats, for example, mm-hmm. he's not rich. Like, what do you think is rich making a couple million dollars a year and then yep. hoping to help hold on to it? Like, let's be fucking real here. And I think people need to cut the shit in the music industry where it's like, everybody's like rich and they're all just balling out. and like, yo man, if you just make beats and get placements, you're just going to be lit. Right. And, and I, I really think like, a huge part of this industry is growing through the industry, right? Absolutely. It's finding your place. It's like music sometimes for a lot of artists, it doesn't end with music. It may begin with music. It may begin with a love for making cool shit, Mm -hmm. right? And like, I feel like you're one of those kids that like, you know, you just like making cool shit. Right? that's true <laughs> like yeah. you get in the studio and and you like to learn mm-hmm. and um there's a big part of that that i think that the industry is um it's starting to like disconnect there right which it's weird because okay yeah covid all that stuff but now i'm seeing it come back together like people are in writing sessions together they want to learn they want to be in the room with great producers be in the room with great songwriters mm-hmm. you know what what's been going on for you as far as like songwriters and like connecting with people and like how has that really taken your your music and your production making beats bro into actual like oh record. my god i'm making songs and records yeah, now record well it's for me it was during quarantine was the first time that i finally had all day long to make music yeah that, that was that was huge like no so more radio people. media yeah. <laughs> no more it's like fuck you guys i'm out exactly it was just like for the first time like really having the the artist lifestyle and and yeah. applying being able to apply that mindset of like yeah you go to grind every day and do this every day make a track make a track work exactly. on the track work so on that the was a drum big for three thing. hours <laughs> And then I worked with vocalists on, well, I mean, obviously Zoom sessions, stuff like this, or, you know, I send a track, a demo, and then the vocal is going to record at home and send you a vocal back. So all of that works. I think it was a great beginning to that whole process to work with vocalists because I didn't really know what I was looking for, what I was, what I wanted out of, uh, out of a vocalist. Right. You were just like, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But after those sessions, seeing like, how a vocalist think and what they would send back on demos. Mm-hmm. Then like maybe like two months ago, a month ago, I started like doing sessions again with a singer, with other producers, you know, get mm-hmm. a vibe. Uh, not necessarily always on the computer, but more, you know, standing out, uh, having a having a drink and and get a real theme, yeah. a real vibes. Like, what do we want to talk about? It was the emotion and, you know, everyone's yeah, kind of singing about? around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that just, that it's just way more it's way easier to portray the feeling and the emotion through the song like in my opinion than rather just send a demo and get the vocalist back so yeah but i didn't mind doing zoom sessions but it's not the same as in person you go in a studio you take the day you go get food together after right 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 process yeah totally different game i mean when did you start working with vocalists on your tracks you know what i mean um first one was courtney um when quarantine started okay back to back in march uh 2020 
Right. So before that, you were doing like instrumental stuff. Instrumental stuff or like everyone else, you know, using splice vocals or anything. Right, like chops and vocal chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, I've tried to get vocalists or rappers when I was in first years of my school. You know, you get the homies of your class on a song and all that. And then you do it and you're like, whoa, that's so sick. And then it's just, it wasn't. (laughs) But at first, like, you got to go through it. You got to try everything and and you got to go wrong to realize that, yeah, this was wrong. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, from my perspective... Um, talking to someone like where I'm like, dude, I remember being at that spot. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's, it's, it's kind of a funny thing because you can't really remember it until like you have someone talking about it in front of you. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. Like reiterating like, oh yeah, you know, I would try to get people on the tracks and stuff. And, uh, for me, like that's, that's years ago, right? That's that's, like a decade ago. But there's something like there that I think is like really important for people to understand and uh you said it it's like you have to do it and you have to like figure out oh that's dope and you think it's dope up Mm -hmm. front yeah and there's so many artists and producers out there right now that are like man what i'm doing is so dope because they have no reference point exactly they don't know what they're going for they don't know what they're going for they think like oh i'm finally hearing someone on my track Mm -hmm. and this is crazy because i made this track you know, and I remember that experience where it was like, I made this track and then someone like thought it was so dope that they wanted to rap on it or they wanted to sing on it or write a song on it, you know? And looking back, like that's, that's a magical moment. And I think it's important to keep that even when you've been doing it for 20 years, you know? Absolutely. And it's also really important to not go in a deep depression when you spend two weeks making a track and you show it to someone and he's like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. But I mean, eh, whatever. I used to I used to be like, oh my God, like I'll, I'm never going to make it. I'll just uh, spend two weeks on this track and he just destroyed it. Because people are just at a higher level. And when you're on a higher level, you just know better. Right. But that's okay. Just take that as a learning opportunity. Be like, okay, like just back to the drawing board. Yeah. Starting out a song. It's like math exercises. Like you don't keep all the, the exercises and the practice you did. You just know math now. Yeah. It's the same with music. Like, just be okay to making a bunch of tracks without releasing them. That's why I tell my friends they're like still in school or anything. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, it's okay. Just make make a bunch of tracks and then send it to me. I'll destroy them. Yeah. And then you'll make new ones. Or it'll, it'll be better. And Facts. that's okay. Like it's never personal. So how many how many tracks do you make before you like get to one that you're like hell yeah? Uh, well now luckily I feel like. I like my music way more. Like every yeah. time I make a track, I was like, well, yeah, that's super sick. That's sick. Yeah. But that's like, yeah, the stages of like learning how to make choices and learning how to be confident in the choices you make. It's like, yeah, that kick is weird, but it's cool. And I like it. And I'm right. going to make something cool out of it. Whereas before it was like, that kick is weird. Would Skrillex use that? No. Then I would just delete it. Which is <laughs> yeah. like, it's, you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like every kid like that I went to audio school with. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Like would, would, would blah, blah, do that. Yeah. Would Kanye no. do that? Cause yeah. that's, that's really like. But Kanye know. would do that. That's how he became Kanye. Yeah, They're exactly. Like experimenting with new crazy. sounds and cool ass like sounds. Yeah. yeah. So. so I'm like, I'm, I'm really interested. Um, mainly, you know, like one thing I like think that you're doing really good and you're crushing. Um, obviously like you got great music and your sonics are great. You learned from some great people, right? You know, Bradley. yeah, you know, had to make a self plug there, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> nice move, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like the sonics are intense and, um, you know, I love you to just talk about like how important that is for like modern music. True. Like not just, not just like, Oh, I wrote this great arrangement and, uh, you know, check out all my chord progressions and true, stuff, true, true. but like, 
how how much has that played into some of the successes that you've you've gotten to uh being in LA and connections and stuff like playing your records and getting into sessions i mean it was everything it was everything because um you know if you like the way i saw it it was like if i don't if my track is not at minus 4 lufs with 3db of dynamic range like as loud as krillex for example once again <laughs> then you just don't compete right away right. you can make the best music it's like yeah well he, it's louder it's better it's it's so that's why interning here at radio I'm learning about mix mastering before mastering my sound let's say it was so 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 important mm. because um yeah i mean especially in edm because i make electronic music you know the if the sub is not rambling your insides yeah. then like the track is not good it's making not, you want to shit yourself yeah exactly yeah. so for uh, you know i did classic uh runner internship in a studio you get coffee you clean the restrooms oh yeah and, talk about how'd you get how'd you get kicked off of that uh i brought them the wrong tacos because it was like go. dude I was don't like, fuck up the tacos i was in like LA. fresh out of friends <laughs> came out here never ate a taco in my life and then uh yeah brought them the wrong kinds of taco and the next day they were like yeah, we're good. Thank you. And then two weeks later, I was out here, yeah. and just completely different experience. Way See, because he thought they were asking for crepes. <laughs> exactly. He's like, taco, tacos. Like I said, you got and tacos in France are like a different thing. It's like it's it's like a kebab kind of. We called it. We called them like tacos. And then you like wrap it in a pita. Or yeah, something. yeah, exactly. Mm. Pita and there's meat and Mediterranean yeah, influence. That's a yeah. gyro, man. Come on. That's yeah, exactly. A, a gyro, we call it. Uh, <laughs> of a gyro. A gyro. A gyno. Um, but yeah, like just the sonics, the the power, everything, and that's honestly what got people interested in my sound is because like wow, you're. S- your sound sounds insane. It yeah. sounds big and huge and, and punchy like, and fat, yeah, like and, yeah. and fat and powerful, and defined. And, absolutely, yeah. That's a, that's usually that that's important. usually what the ladies say when they see my butt. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "Wow, that's powerful, dude. That is defined, massive. <laughs> you must be running up hills all day, dude. I, I don't know how you do that. Running <laughs> up hills every single day. I did my first Sucks. run yesterday. Yesterday I went for a run. It's all mental, though. You know, it is like running yeah. is mental. And hey, hey dude, like. Don't get me wrong. Any sort of success in music is mental too. Like you get to a point where you want to give up because you're writing lyrics and you're not good at writing lyrics or you're programming or you're arranging or you're doing, you know, for you, it's probably like automation, right? Yeah. You start getting into automation. sucks. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, God, I don't want to fix this like sawtooth thing, you know? But dude, it's all mental. It's like you have to push through the hard part and then you get into the flow state stuff where you're like, oh man, I just did like four hours on this and it's sounding really cool. That's so true. Don't be lazy. Yeah. Lazy. It's all there. Laziness kills everything. Yeah. It's like uh, when my friends, you know, there's nothing wrong with grabbing a splice sample and throwing that in your session. Yeah, facts. Nothing wrong. That's, That's fine. So many people do it. But if you're lazy and you're like, Okay, that's that's fine. Like I'm yeah. not even changing the key, not like not changing anything to make it special and to really like make build it a own. track around and make make it your own and all that. Well, that's the wrong type of lazy. Yeah, it's, I agree. it's like, come on now, you yeah. know, automate it, filter it, do whatever, just make it cool, better. Yeah, I think a lot of the times, for me, like going off that idea, uh, there's nothing wrong with doing it however you do it, right? Yeah. But if if nobody can tell like who did it then you really don't have any like career or anything yeah, going on. That's true. And that's that's really the the definitive part. There's um like I'll use an example in in the composing world because obviously I I have a lot of experience in composing. Um 
you can open up stock sounds in in Omnisphere. Uh, you can open up the the contact, you know, damage. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole sequences are already yeah. like pre-made. You could totally do that, and um, you can score stuff with patches that are very you know basic and and put together, which I call arranging, really, mm-hmm. like an yeah, yeah. EDM as well, pop music, right? Like you're just arranging samples, you know, looping it out taking a splice sample then looping it out mute that mute that bring that in you know um it's just arrangement of loops right it's uh so like there's nothing wrong with that i think it's totally fine um but typically what ends up happening with people's careers after you know the 5 10 15 year mark is they're just making music for libraries mm-hmm. and they're really not satisfied. They're like, man, I have to make music today. I have to write five minutes of music. I have to write elevator music. And they, they start to treat it like that. Like I have to, I have to write 10 minutes of library music today. I have to work on this film. I have to, you know, and I think like that for me, it's like, why, why be in music? Like at that point, why be in art? Yep. Like, why not like just go to a job you have to go to, mm-hmm. get your benefits, you know, get your retirement funds, get, get some pay raises. <laughs> Cause God knows that doesn't happen in the music industry when you're no. writing mu- library music or you're, you know, just composing to compose. You don't get raises. No, it goes, the fees go down. They don't go up, you know, okay. because, because nobody looks at you as like, that's that guy that does this fucking cool thing. Right. Unless and he's the only it. one that does it. Yeah. That's true. But Hans Zimmer, even he's the, he's the only one that does it. He yeah, makes yeah, his yeah. own thing. And you've heard people try to rip off Hans Zimmer. It doesn't work. doesn't work. And you're like, what is that shit? This sounds like Hans Zimmer. That's Everyone why will tell you that, right? That's why I deleted Splice. Yeah. I deleted my account. Like, it's just, if you need a pad where you used to go to Splice to get a pad, just open Omnisphere. Like, open yeah. this here. Like, it's, yeah, it forces creativity. And I think you're right, but I'm sure, I mean, you know this, how like there's obviously days where you don't want to make music, but once yeah. again, it's in like, it's mental. Like you have to do it. Yeah. It's like it's today you don't want to go to work. You got to go to work. Totally. Like you just got to do it. So you don't necessarily like for me, how I kind of overcame that was like, ah, today I'm not really feeling music. So I'd l- allow myself to take an hour or two to chill, to watch some YouTube videos. And yeah. then I'd come up and like, oh, oh that's so much. sick. And yeah. then. Oh just my get God. inspired. You yeah. open a project, like I gotta try it, and then boom, you're in. Bro, for 10 my new hours. thing, like straight up, and it's funny you said that because I was watching Mix with the Masters. Yeah. Because I, I fucking love I it. I love it. I just love the so way it's good. shot. I love like how cinematic everything so is. So well done. But I'm watching this one, uh, you know, like I'll just jump on and watch like, you know, 10 minutes a day. Like I literally have it on like my my goals and to do list for the day. You know what I'm saying? Watch your ten minutes of mix it with the masters. straight up, yeah. And and dude, or whatever it is that inspires you. And I was watching um, Jason Joshua, Timbaland, and mm-hmm. um, and Dave Pensato, and they're like sitting in the in south of France, right? Yeah, the La Fabrique. Yeah, La Fabrique. And, what, and they're sitting in there studio. and they're talking about um, Timbaland's career and stuff, mm-hmm. right? And the first thing like that caught me was like Timbaland's like, yo. I find like music is all in nature. Yeah, I saw that. You right. Posted that. Yeah, I remember. And he was just like talking about how you just hear the sounds and he goes, and you know, I hear different rhythms in nature and I want to put that into the music. And that's how you kind of come up with new rhythms and stuff like, you know, crickets and, and all sorts of waves. That's crazy. All stuff that like kind of like has different vibrations. Super dope. Right. Awesome. And then someone, uh, he got asked a question from like the audience that were sitting there, you know? Probably some people that spent a lot of money to be there. Yes, like those weekly seminars, huh? Crazy, like tens of thousands of dollars, right? And then uh, this guy asked like, well, hey, how did you come up with your drum samples when you were doing this, right? 
and he was like, yo, records, like, you see those records over there? Like, I don't, like, you have to understand, like, I don't just, like, sit down and start, like, producing, you know? He's like, I listen. Like, I went through every single record and I marked the ones that, like, have certain things and elements in them that I want to take. And he's like, all the drums from back in the day when he was, like, really crushing it. Like, you know, all his, like, Missy Elliott, mm-hmm. you know, what he the was classics. known for. The, the you know, <laughs> you know, the, the Jay-Z shit. And, like, Black Album, you know, and, like, he's like, all that stuff, like, all those drums from even before then just all from records, like just sampling and and cutting and finding Mm -hmm. sounds and stuff and just listening. And dude, it's so funny because like the best producers in the world, no, no matter what the genre, they're like avid listeners. Dude. Hell yeah. Kanye talks about it. You know, he's like, he's like, dude, I, before I make any music, I will listen to music for hours before I even start something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you do that? I do that too. Like crazy. Like I, I used to never do that. You get a vibe. You like, you get excited. It's like, for me, it's like I a sound will just trigger. Yeah, something. Yeah, like I'll play Skrillex, Virtual Riot, Ray Volpe, yeah. whatever. I'll play something like new that just came out. Whatever. It's like, wow, that's so cool. And it's yeah. like, and what inspires me on those things? It's like, yeah, the sound and all that. But in the EDM world, it's more, it's more when they do something that I would have never expected. Like for example, Wave Dash mm. put out an album. And they do the classic like pop key switch, you know, it's like there's yeah. one drop that's like on key and then, and then it goes up and like yeah. a happier note. And I was like, that was like my whole childhood with like those pop songs on radio Facts. that like the second <laughs> drop goes higher. It's like, yeah. not, it's like so cool to bring that in EDM. So it wasn't like, oh, what kick he uses. It wasn't yeah. that. It was like the whole vibe. Oh, okay. Like he went there. He made that choice there. He, he, mm. just, he chose to go and do something special and new. And I was like, it's oh, awesome. Yeah. That's like. The type of stuff that really inspires me. Yeah. So like my thing I've been doing lately is uh, just like going onto Spotify mm-hmm. and just letting it, the algorithm just like take me somewhere. That's know? sick. Like, like new discovery, like my favorite thing to do, like go to a song I really love and then go to start radio from this song. Mm-hmm. And I just start the radio and I start going down the list. And typically I'll just like click on one and I'll like skim through it. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, this is a vibe. You come on something. You're like, and you find that vibe and then you start the radio from that new song. And you just keep doing that. And and sometimes it's hard because you'll find like an obscure song that doesn't really have the algorithmic, you know, background. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you start radio and you're like, this is all trash and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't even match up with this song. Um, but... Like you'll find, like you'll go down this rabbit hole, but anyway, like that's, that's really cool because your Spotify after that is just all like ran- the randomest stuff, right? Yeah, because like you know you could easily you could easily get caught up in just listening to the same music all the time that you always yeah. listen to, you know, like yeah, so many true. people do. Yeah, but I um, do that. but if you use like abuse the algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. Like go through it and be like, yo, start the radio, go to this new thing, and then start the radio from that. Like true, true, true. true. All of a sudden, you discover some like indie artist. You would have never discovered, and you're like, true. dude, this bass sound is incredible, right? Like, holy shit, this is so cool. I love this bass, and it inspires you to, like, do something. But, true. you know, like, there's also the other side of it. Like, when I'm making my own records, uh, I definitely, like, don't listen to anything. Because I just... you don't want to get sucked in a certain... Yeah, you know, I don't... limits. Yeah, but not only that, like, I think when you're making music, like, your own records, you're producing your own music... Um, you want it to be like from all the experiences that encapsulate you as a person. Right. And you don't want to know exactly where it's from. Yeah. Like you want it to be like something came out and then people tell you like, Oh, that sounds like, you know, a sting 
and then someone else tells you like, yo, that sounds like, the you know, new this. Thing that just came out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like, you know, you sound like Adam Levine, you know, like you sound like Maroon 5. That sounds like this. And you have all these different things and you're like, yeah, that's crazy. Sure. I listened to that like two years ago. But so even then, it might be a little bit in there. Even then, I never listened to Maroon 5. I don't fucking like Maroon 5. <laughs> like I, I literally never like thought of that, you know? So I think like, it's just people making the connections in their head of what they know about music. But for me, I'm like, no, I know I'd sound more like this. And like what I was doing is a part of who I am. But mm-hmm. like all you know is because you were born in 95. It's Maroon 5. It's <laughs> funny how saying? people need to kind of relate. Right? They have when they to. hear like new music, they're like, yeah. oh, they got to categorize like, it. I never think like that. I never yeah. hear a song and be like, oh, who's that sound? Like, wow, that's like, that's cool. It's, it's you know, yeah. and but a lot of people, that's true. When you show music, it's like, oh, that sounds like something and kind of neat that to relate to the yeah. song i guess it's just human shit it's like we want to we want to <laughs> categorize everything shit. yeah <laughs> but yeah man I, i'd love to talk about uh another thing you know with you is like you know you start kind of independently you're working and you're like you know a student and then you come through and you're interning with radium and then you know you do like two years of interning with us mm-hmm. like that was crazy but you're making your music on the side and you're connecting with people and you're starting to shake hands. And, uh, you know, we had some cool people in the building that you started to network with, which was like a huge part of, you know, getting, uh, to where you're at now. But what I want to like really get to is like, you know, what's it like working with like independent labels now? Because that's what you're doing, right? Yeah. Like, I want you to speak a little more on that and just kind of give some insight into a little bit of like the workflow between you and and your label. Well, like for me, first label that I started working with is Basecamp. Mm. And And how did how did that come about? That came about I met. So how did that come about? I think it was Cody, the owner of Basecamp Mm -hmm. that also worked with EDM.com, which was the like one of the big blog EDM Mm. blog. I think he, um, I sent him music through a mutual friend or something and he liked it and he was about to uh, put Basecamp like public because he was working on it for a while, but it wasn't really like made or finished. Mm. So he announced it. It was like, I'm opening label Basecamp because Basecamp is the festival that has been running in Tahoe for 10 years now. Gotcha. So he had me on the virtual festival play, Uh play a set there. And then after that, showed him some music, and then he signed the Dreams EP. Nice. So um, the Dreams EP was the one you did with the Courtney, with Courtney Drummy, exactly. Uh-huh. And then vocalist. The, yep. Um, the process was. I thought like the first thing that came into my mind was like, do I want a label? Because everyone trashes label at all times. Yeah. For me, it was more like. My goal is not to make a quick buck right now. Like I don't care if you take a hundred percent of my master recording. Like mm. I'm. Like, Take it and just help me get exposure. Uh, pres- like introduce me to re- your relationships and yep. you know get my music and which it's it worked super well. Like the first track that I put out, like had not like crazy numbers, but it had numbers. It was super cool. It was a real start, and it wasn't me because I put out I put out a track before I actually made the Esper project. Mm. And it, it just didn't work because I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know how to right, you you know, release on Spotify, playlist, like, yeah. uh, whatever, everything that goes into it. So label here was really useful for me to have uh, their expertise, their playlisting, all that stuff. Yeah, it was super, it was really easier than I thought, but also because Basecamp is a very small mm. label. So 
I really had like a direct contact, you know, I'd call That's him nice. like, yo, do we want to do this? He was like, yeah, why not? Let's do that. And yeah. It was really, and then I released on Monster Cat, which was different because it's a way bigger label. So it, it takes longer. Mm-hmm. It, that's also part of working with labels that you need to be way more organized. You need to yeah. have like your next four month planned out because yeah. you kind of release regarding their schedule and not really yours. Like when yeah. can Open they slots, put it out? Yeah. yeah. Open times to promote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, just once again, great, great experience with Monster Cat. They're absolute, they're insane at what they do. They're, they're super efficient, super clean. Uh, they got great playlisting, great reach out. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing too is that they have other artists that they can get to support your music. Mm. So in EDM, that's a huge thing. Like if you have massive artists playing your sh- your tracks at a show, it's like oh yeah, you get a little clip of it. It's like oh thanks whoever for playing my track. And it's Super like, dope. It's cool. It, it it adds like weight to your song. It's like mm. oh if he plays it, then that's cool. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like the the big uh, exchange. I feel like with an independent label yeah and even major labels i mean come on but but you know independent labels on a different level because you know there's kind of tiers to everything right yeah like you're talking about your first one being under base camp and then monster cat right i've released uh you know under sony mm-hmm. right completely and different huh it's all different right so but i think i think those tiers they're exactly what they're supposed to be yeah, because what people don't understand, and this is a really good point, um, as you mentioned that it kind of like sparked these different things in my in my head. But it's like when you go to base camp, right? You're like here, and this is how fast it is, and this is how fluid it is. But then it's also this is how much reach we got, yeah, and this is how much budget we got, and this is how much exposure we got, and this is how much you know, etc. And then you get to to Monster Cat, and you're going okay. This is going to be a little bit longer of a process and, you know, you got to get all your ducks in a row and like be patient with us. A lot more people. So more people involved. So it takes longer. A lot more talent involved. A lot more people. Yeah. That are, that are ahead of you that are much more prioritized. Um, But we're still going to give you a taste of our pool of network, which Mm -hmm. is much bigger than Bandcamp or what was that? Basecamp. Basecamp. Yeah. Right. So then you're in that level. When you get to the Sony level, the UMG level, the Universal mm-hmm. Warner level, it's it's exactly that. But the problem is, is if you go there too fast, or the project's not that important to them, you're not, you know, if you're not making them, money. you're not Justin Bieber, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So what ends up happening is they're gonna splash you into, like for Sony, they have playlists that are under filter, right? F I L T R, right? That's that's an actual label kind of sub label like mm-hmm. playlisting that is owned by Sony, right? And then they have PlayStation, right? And they have all these other brands. And like when we released um, Cannon Buster's soundtrack under Sony, that's where they put us. They threw us into these playlists, like playlists that were like getting hundreds of thousands of streams from it. And they're, and they're promoting those playlists. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like they're putting their marketing dollars, not into you because you're not Justin Bieber. No. Right. They're putting you in their system and they're promoting their system. And they're promoting Which their whole system, uh, their playlists. And then what ends up happening is you'll look at your phone, you'll look at your Spotify for artists. Right. And all of a sudden you'll be like, there's 500 people <laughs> listening to my music right now. What is happening? Right. And you're like, this is crazy. And what you don't realize is like, well, yeah, they're just pushing ad budget 
to shoot it to yeah, the playlist. Absolutely. So people are going to the playlist in flocks and you're talking about thousands of dollars a day in spend mm-hmm. and they'll just do that and they'll keep juicing it. And I didn't realize like how that worked until I actually experienced it. But if you really look at it and you break it down to like independent label, bigger independents, major labels, you know, publishers, whatever, mm-hmm. that's exactly how it works. It's like you're going to be you're going to be at the bottom of the barrel at the top of the label when you're not ready, but you're also going to get a ton of streams and you're going to get a ton of other things. Absolutely. Right? But then again, if you got an advance, you know, then you got to you, you got to recoup that, you know. <laughs> yeah. If you got this other stuff, then you may never actually make money, you know. And they know that. Yeah. The major labels do. And that's why you're just kind of thrown into the system. That's why I think there's a balance to it. I think it's great for a starting artist to go two years with a major, I mean, a major if you can, or any labels, just make sure, you know, you have an option to get out. Right. And yeah, like, go give all your music, go give up all your money for two years to use their exposure, use yeah. their connection, yeah. build your brand, build, because that's the thing too. I think going, being with the label helped me out a lot with consistency. Yeah. And it helped me out a lot you in my head. got a little more head. management, a little yeah, more exactly. discipline. There's, there's yeah. people involved that call us like, yo, like, hey, how's that you, track still coming? Good for <laughs> Thursday? Yeah, how's that track coming? Uh, do you, Is the 12th a good deadline? So you're like, okay, the 12th, I'm going to get that done by the right. 12th. And really like organizes your mindset. It's that you're not just, you know, a producer in a bedroom. There's, it, it creates a purpose. And yeah. it's like, okay, like, well, the label wants this. Like, I'm going to go there. Uh, I'm going to like finish this track so that they can send it in the distro for two weeks and they can pitch it to editorials, blah, blah. Yeah. So it just creates a team. It creates weight to it. So it's important. I think, I think it's really like labels are not evil. Like Basecamp right. are awesome because like you said, super small, like two people involved. Yeah. It goes fast. Uh, the, the guys were interested in it. They were super pro about it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, no, not all, it's not all bad. It's not all good. Yeah. I think, I think that that's a, that's a good point like that you made. It's like a lot of artists or producers just want to focus on making the music, but sometimes they won't even make the music if like they're not on a schedule. Yeah. You know? Like who's expecting it, right? No one. <laughs> yeah. No one's so, out here waiting for you. That's yeah. why you told me one day on like very early in the internship. Oh yeah. I told you You're that. You're like, bro, time. Max, no one's out here waiting for you. No one gives a fuck. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> when so are you going to release music? You're it's like, so true. Yeah. You're like, man, it's just not perfect. Well, no one cares. Yeah. yeah. Like That's literally true. no one's waiting on, you know, Max or Esper to fucking drop a record. And, yep. and unfortunately you have to build that demand, you know? And if you're doing it completely independent, the total independent route, you know, I think this is where people get skewed, right? Like they, they want the label, they want the big label and they want the big advance, right? Um, but they also want to like keep their masters and they also want to like do it all on their own, right? And the trade-offs are equal between both. Like you can go with the big label, you can get the advance and you can get dripped into their system and still go nowhere because you didn't actually leverage anything, mm-hmm. right? And the leverage comes in where you get into the studio, you meet the people, you make the records, you shake hands, you uh, you know, you, you get yeah, a shout out, you. you get a shout out from your your favorite DJ producer whatever, and you see if you can go play an opening set for them or you see if you can connect with them Absolutely, deeper, yeah, yeah. right? You see if you can connect with them and like be friends with them because maybe they're cool anyway and you just want to be friends with them. But secondly, like you might have an opportunity there that you would have never been open to or that door would have never been open to you yep. doing it on your own, right? And that's kind of like the trade-off. You're giving up your master for that. Yep. But then on the independent side, you're giving up your money out of your pocket. 
right? Like you really want to push your own record and release your own thing. Like you're paying for artwork. You're paying for the promo, the Facebook ads. You're paying for the photo shoot. You're paying for- A lot goes into it, yeah. Everything, but then you also have to build the hype. Like the label's not going to just drip you into the system. So with with doing it independent completely, it's all about like, how do I find the people that I can pay? The right people, not the, hey, dude, give me $100. I do 3D. <laughs> yeah. or, or give me $100, I'll put you on my playlist. You know, that's all botted and it's not even yeah. real. Like nobody pays for playlist. Like they have to understand that. Like people have to really get that through their head. There are certain companies like- like Submit Hub. There's Submit Hub and there's Playlist Push. Yeah. And there's- The two ones are really cool. Those are legit, but that's because they're actually just, you're paying them to submit it. Submit, exactly. You're it's, not paying to get in the playlist. You're paying like to my favorite like, is when people chat. hit you up like, oh dude, well, you know, 25,000 to 50,000 streams is about $300. You're like, nobody can put that on you. Like anybody doing that is botted. They're fucking, you know, yeah. running laptops. Really you know, they're running like a, a a farm of like TVs where they're just streaming <laughs> just a song on it. Song. No, straight up. That's so true. Yeah, no. That's exactly what it's a crazy. lot of these guys are doing. And you could tell because you go to your Spotify for artists and you see others just jacked up. And then you ask the guys like, well, what happened? Why is it? Why is my other like, what is that? And they're like, oh, don't worry. That's just like people playing off laptops and TVs. And you're like, yeah, no. Yeah. So you're only promoting to TVs and laptops. Like it makes no sense. Right. So it's all fucked up. Um, but also skews all your information, which is like, gets your data. It's the biggest problem. Right. So not uh, understanding all of that and being independent and then blowing five grand on that and doing it all wrong is actually going against you and you're spending your money. So people True. don't understand like the trade-off you give up your master's. But dude, like somebody's actually doing legit, something that yeah. they've proven over you time. You get experience, you get like so much. You yeah. can learn from it like Absolutely. crazy. And I always tell people that like with mixing and mastering and production, like pay people to mix, master, and produce for you. Like if you're not good at it or you don't understand it, because it even- It doesn't compete. Even just like paying someone to mix your stuff, you're going to learn. You're going to learn like where you're really at. What's the goal? Yeah. Like where, 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 where are you really at as an artist? Even after all the melodyning, tuning, you know, uh, professional mixing, getting all your sonics right, you're still got shit songs. Like you have to know that, right? And you got to learn it. Like me learning it for four years, three years with you, still learning it every day. Every master I make is better than the last one. Yeah. It added so much value over the years nope. to anyone I meet. Like I mean, I go in studio with producers they're like, yo, like right away it sounds good. It sounds fat. So they, they get excited. Mm. You go to a label, uh, your shit just better. I had a friend who wanted to submit on a label and mm. label loved this track. It was like, okay, uh, uh, we want this track. We want to release it, blah, blah. Waited for two months and then he ended up not getting picked because mm. it was him or another guy and the other guy was louder. That's crazy. Was just And so he didn't get it. Because the sucks. label didn't want to spend time like going through mastering, blah blah. Yeah. The the two tracks were both amazing, but right. one was just ten percent higher master, Jeez. and he got the release. That sucks. And so that's why it's so. That's important. pretty genre specific, though, too. I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In because your world, in, rap, in your world, it's gotta yeah. be. But in my world, it's gotta be because yeah. if your kick doesn't carry the 808, that carries the big synth and everything. It's yeah. just it's not the track is is that yeah. like the dynamics that the is the track it, it yeah. is the track like yeah electronic how hard music. does it go hard mm -hmm. bangs like yeah does it make you want to fucking rip your face exactly. off exactly yeah break your neck yeah break your fucking neck is that what you think like i think so you think probably like the the number one like 
way to figure out if your track is dope is if people want to just rip their dick off. <laughs> I don't know about their dick, but yeah. Well, hey, think about it. Man, I mean, yeah, yeah. My, my track, I want people to cry a little bit and then rip their dick off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's, <laughs> if in the drop, they don't want to rip their yeah, dick off, it's, it's trash, dude. Yeah, something yeah you got to limit it harder. That's true, though. Yeah. It's first pe- like people's first instance. That's like, right. I want to rip my dick face, off, bro. Ah! When I produce, I'm like bass face all day in studio. Bass face. Oh, this is sick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the same thing with like, you know, trap records and all that. But dude, I, I think a lot of this is like, it's all so subjective, right? It's like, what you're really doing is you're trying to find what you do best and you're trying to fall in love with your sound. Mm-hmm. And when you play something, you want to be able to, you know, feel like ripping your own dick off basically and <laughs> melt your own face. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you really like want to be like, Oh my God, give yourself goosebumps when you hear what you've done. And then, and you believe in it. And then you show someone else and they're like equally excited or even more excited. That's kind of like, for me, that's the, all right, I think I got something here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But otherwise, I feel like you got to go back to the drawing board. And that takes time. I'm sure now mm. you make a track. Like, it's really important for an artist to learn when an idea is not worth like finishing. It's like, facts, okay, like, facts, facts. Well, oh I started God. this. It's sick, but like, it's, whatever. The this vibe's song, not here. This is not even a good song. Next. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> and they go like, and like work on the kick for an hour. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, it's it's important to know when to be like, mm, whatever. Like, yeah, not this one. But, facts. But yeah. that's that's a that's a big portion of it. Yeah, knowing what's not good. You know, it's the same thing in entrepreneurship and uh, building businesses and all that. It's like, you have to know which things you shouldn't go after. Mm-hmm. Like which clients you really should just be like, I don't want to work with that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. You could pay me a bunch of money, but Not like, I just, it. like every time I work on your records, I'm going to be upset and it's going to be hard for me to work on your records. I'm going to keep putting them off. You know, yep. I don't want to work it on breaks that. the workflow. It's yeah. Just, because yeah, you're yeah. just not feeling it and you're not excited about it. So there, there's a big part there. But yeah, man, I I think like the last thing, you know, um, that I just want to like ask you is like, what is, what's next? Like you have, like, are you trying to go and just dominate the, the midsize label? Absolutely dominate. Like the midsize label, or are you trying to go like a major? Are you trying yeah, to be? I what? think, uh, sorry, I cut you off. No, go ahead. Um, I don't, I'm not aiming for Sony right now. I'm, right. I'm aiming for making the dopest music that i can make music that's like represents me that that i genuinely like right that's a big thing um and then building a catalog and then just i'm gonna blast this to mm-hmm. all the labels that i like and respect subsidia monster cat um so many like right. different record label and try to sign so do you have like a list of labels that yeah you're, yeah i have a list of label i have lists of singers i want to so work you, have, with, you have targets collabs targets i have my six month goal i have my year goal i know that in six months i want to hit 100 monthly listener 100k monthly listeners nice i know that in a year i want to do this i'm i have my release planned out yeah um this was a big big step for me after the first ep release is to like the artist mindset. I mean, it's like you, like radio mm. media definitely got me on that path where, you know, you gotta, you can't just make music and see what's <laughs> out. Like you have a, have a plan. Like it's I made a whole best. sheets with like, all, like a Google doc with all my tracks. What's their status? Are they done? Is it mixed? Is it mastered? Does it have, um, does it have <laughs> <laughs> a guest appearance from Freddie? What's up, Freddie? Freddie. 
Does it have uh, vocals on it? Is it? Uh, do I want to put it on a label, etc., etc.? Et yeah, so you get know, your goals. Get get you know your future planned facts. out. You know, it's it's funny because I would say like seventy five percent of artists and producers out there right now, they don't have even just like a release plan. Hey, that's true. Like just and it's so written down. Just like for for mental purposes. Because how can you like? I can't. I can't work every day on music. Yeah. Not knowing where it's going. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm just gonna release. Hopefully, yeah, this thing like, we'll this see. gets somewhere. Maybe I'll, also like, if you want to start sending music to labels and all that, not even major, but like, it takes time. Um, for like, I sent many tracks and labels were like, mm, it's not our vibes right now. Yeah. It happens like, okay. so often. Yeah, it's, it's completely yeah. normal. It's like, yeah, it's not what we're releasing right now, yeah. not our vibe or not good enough or... Yeah, you know, like, I think that's a good point too. Like, you have to normalize uh, declines. declines. You, have, you yeah. have to normalize the fact that like most people are going to say no. Yeah. Like, Submit Hub is a great way, I think. Like, there's a lot of different things you can get yeah. used to being told no on, you know? That's like, true. Submit Hub or Chasing Placements, you know? Like, mm-hmm. just, like, Chasing Placements, they won't even tell you no. Like, yeah, <laughs> but, no but, answer means no. Yeah, just fuck <laughs> off, yeah. But, like, most of the time, like, I think people are afraid of, because they take music so personally. Like, yeah. oh, if they don't like it, then I suck. Yeah. But that's just not the truth. Mm-hmm. It's just you're closer now to getting to something that may be releasable or maybe something that you want to invest in and, and push forward. And it doesn't mean your track is shitty. It means like they have three artists that sent better tracks yesterday. Yeah, they're all in the so same yours vibe. Today yeah. is like, yeah, so yours today is not the vibe. Maybe yeah. next month they'll need that. Or yeah. It's like, don't romanticize music. It's It's... Once it's personal, if you like your tracks, mm-hmm. then in my opinion, that's kind of how I go about it. So I just I'm gonna make music that I truly, truly like, and then yeah. I truly like. God, this is so good. Same. And then I'll see, and then I'll like go get it. Or, or another way that I got onto, for example, Monster Cat is mm-hmm. uh, collab with a bigger artist. I yeah. collab with Pixel T- Pixel Terror. There you go. And they're signed on there. That's perfect. So I didn't go on Monster Cat by myself. Right. They would have they, they would have said no. Yeah. And I sent them music before. This is not our vibes. Yeah. But because I went through with the uh, other artist, Pixel Terror, they were like, okay, like that's fire. So yeah, there's a there's a huge gap between. Uh, the the big record labels and the you know independent labels and the hey I'm doing it all on my own bro, um, but it's cool to see you finally like you know kind of getting your way and finding your way in that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like you know I think what you've done really well and the reason I even wanted to bring you on the podcast uh, was to talk about some of that stuff of you know how you've built your network and your connections and gotten from like you know interning and and getting out of audio school to interning to like releasing your own records to getting on a, a independent label to mm-hmm. then a little bit of a bigger label with some releases and um, now just kind of working your way up you know like that was fascinating to me because a lot of people don't know what they really want to do in music or sound, especially when they get like a sound arts degree or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know? true. So it's like, oh, now what? Uh, should I go do live sound at the Marriott? You know what I mean? It's just Which like, is not who's bad. Gonna, yeah, yeah, who's going to pay but, me? Yeah. You know, who's going to pay me? What? How does this work? Like, how do I get a paycheck for now knowing how to do sound and produce? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Well, coming out of the school definitely helped because... Um, uh, I did a bachelor. I did three years of audio production, so I learned mm. post production, movie, live sound, boom operator. Yeah, Foley, you, get the, you get the full like yeah, like everything. Yeah. 
So I came out of school. I did a, a mix for a friend's movie. Nice. I'm doing freelance mix mastering, fully recording some sync with you. Nice. Like, yeah. And by doing all these things, you meet people that you wouldn't necessarily meet if you don't do all these things. Yeah, facts. And if you don't, um, you know, kind of go out of your comfort zone and, and get your hands dirty mm -hmm. with different things. And that got me uh different connections and that got me to meet different friends that yeah. just comes back to my main music thing so yeah i think that's a overlooked thing that a lot of people don't get like yeah they're like i want to make beats though and you're like yeah but dude you can go work can on anything. a film set and like be the boom operator and meet someone that's going to plug you with Absolutely. a friend of theirs that could get you yeah. making beats yeah that's true that's so true yeah and and I, I realized that really heavy when i um start first started my career you know it's like dude i met people like working at restaurants like met rappers and met artists and met people that plugged me with other people that plugged me with other people that brought me to go to school in the bay area and get a degree in sound you know and get my and bachelor's then brought and, you in la which brought me to la exactly. which got me an internship the same thing you know for you it's like it's all it's all just you don't know what the next door might yeah. be and and um it's why you know this whole podcast like why it's so important like you were an intern of mine yeah. right now you're doing your own thing like and still learning so like i have to make sure i return you know the favor it's like now you're on the podcast like you used to Joe actually record these podcasts I love this, yeah you used to Behind set up the, the mics camera. Yep. you know what i'm saying so it's really important that we celebrate each other and uh and where we've come with our music because absolutely yeah because like for me it's like how good does it feel to like try to teach and mentor someone and then them just sit on the couch and be like well fuck you you know it That's feels true. way better when you can be like yo you got some shit done now i can bring you on a podcast Hell yeah and you know for I mean? me like being here is like you know it's sick it's just it's, it's a very pure form of success in a way just yeah. like personal like grads just like like, that's so great because I always looked up to you, you know, like, when I Thank arrived you. in Radium, didn't know shit, and, I mean, you guys know Bradley, <laughs> uh, fucking yeah, but beast at everything, and the fact that now I'm able to sit here and have a conversation with you where I have mm. something to say, whereas I didn't before, before it was just like, like, wow, this guy just knows so much more than me, which you yeah, still do, but and you that's know, like that's that's the That's the whole thing, man, like, it's, it's knowing... Uh, it's knowing what you know, but it's like really knowing what you don't know. Yeah. Like I, there's plenty I don't know. Keep learning. Every yeah. day is a grind. Just go get it every day. That's also the thing. Like at first you're obviously lost. Like my friends tell me that all the time. But how do you meet people? It's yeah. Like, you, you, you don't, you don't create. I mean, you can create opportunities to go meet. I, I sometimes go to artists meet and greet right, right. or some labels, organize little things. Art openings. Things yeah. Like, like, that, stuff yeah. like this. But you never know. You don't create. You just like the only way to meet people is to just have this mindset of like every day you do this so if you always have the same direction like i'm gonna go there well when any opportunity presents itself boom you're going and, and yeah. you need the people your like, focus changes yeah absolutely it's like if you're like shopping for cars and you're like i'm gonna get the the red mercedes s class you know this year then all of a sudden you start seeing that car everywhere you know it's like your focus it's so important in the music business just because it's so hard i mean it really is and like you know everybody in this room knows that because not one person in this room has ever made, you know, a million dollars off music. You know what I mean? Facts. Like, I mean, I have, <laughs> but, me. but, but, you know, not in a year and over time. Yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? So, so it's a really like, it's a really humbling experience 
uh, with this business because a lot of people are out there faking it. You know, they're putting shit on credit cards. They're putting all their money up front. They're spending the advances. They're Mm -hmm. not paying taxes on it. They're going to get fucked later. They won't have longevity in their career. And, you know, I don't blame those people. I'm like, yeah, okay, you just got to learn some shit, right? But, like, it's more important to not stunt before you actually have the... The, the skills thing, yeah you and know, that's why i didn't release too much yeah before the the base camp stuff it's hard because it wasn't there yet and I, you know you're not you're in no rush no one's like we said earlier no one's out here waiting for you so it's not like you i need to put music out it's like yeah. no like perfect the perfect your sound perfect the craft yeah. be patient and then it is very hard but at the same time it's pretty easy yeah in a way that like when you start finding what's the next step is like you the you know the path gets clearer and yeah. clearer and you start to like see like the the end of the tunnel it's like okay like that's cool like i did the three years of grinding i did all the shit now it's like i i keep going so it's mm. a, the consistency is hard to do but once you like i mean in my opinion once you start where you're going then you just go you just, yeah. and especially if you fucking love doing it like us i mean i don't know facts it's never annoying well hey man it's uh <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you back dude like it's I'm been honored. too long. I'm honored. It's been too yeah. long. Yeah, come true. through, play me some jams. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, quarantine was happening. Now we're now we're good. I know. Getting well, that final vax and then yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a J J and J in my arm, bro. A J and J, really? Yeah. The Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah! It's one shot. One shot, dude. I don't discriminate. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. discriminate No, man, vax. I ain't doing J and J. Exactly. That shit's crazy. Nah, nah. nah People I'm got blood clots. <laughs> I'm really whatever. I think. See, it, I got I got a girlfriend. Uh, fiance soon to be mm-hmm. wife next week huh um that's uh in the icu as a nurse so i got the inside scoop on yeah. on what the j and j does okay yeah so you know it's it's all about you know you gotta you gotta know the inside game bro <laughs> it's eat relationships see it's all about relationships <laughs> now i know where to go dude last last thing i want to say and um hopefully this is poignant to everybody listening because it's literally like the one thing that I go by uh, maybe for the last five years of my career in life is that you have to like really understand what you're bad at and fill the void. Yeah. And don't be a dick. That's it. Just like fill the void. Like if you don't, if you don't think you want to spend the next five years becoming a mixing engineer, fill the void, find a mixing engineer, pay them. Uh, I didn't want to become a uh, graphic design artist and yeah. uh, spend Hell time no. making logos and doing video edits. So pay someone dope to do it. I filled the void with will, you know, like it's you have to you have to really figure out like you're saying it just plays off that idea. You have to stay focused on what you're trying to do. And um, as a business owner, you have to understand what the business needs and need, it needs oxygen. Yeah. It needs cash. It needs to be fed all the time with new content and all that stuff. Passion. Yep. And, but you can never, you can never have one thing fall off. That's not going to allow you to keep that stream going. Absolutely. You know, if we can't, if we can't deliver this podcast, we can't deliver the next piece of content. We can't deliver the next mix. We can't deliver the next production Mm -hmm. to our clients. Um, then our stream ends, you know, and you lose momentum, you lose everything. You're done. And when you get an artwork designer, like this dude's been doing this as much as you have been doing music obsessed like, he's obsessed with it he has all the new techniques he's able to bring something to the table that you didn't even think of it's yep. like you you show him something like oh, yeah we could do this 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 when you didn't even think about it facts so it's fine it's, yeah and oh hey we got a remix coming out the oh, esper official remix yeah, the heartless remix of heartless david nolf i'm excited radium records esper 
I'm really excited about it too, man. I think it's super dope. Can't wait for people to hear it. They're going to finally get a little taste of your Sonics. Yep. You know, a little oh splashier, little sizzle sauce. Of my bass. Your bass heavy <laughs> splashes. Your cute little synths. No. Love it. My serum patches. So yeah, over. yeah, serum patches everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. So look out for that. That's coming out. Uh, what what do we what do we got for that date? Uh, probably mid May. Mid May. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's coming Around out. So 14. tap in. You get to hear this Esper sound behind the interview. He can actually uh, show you what he can really do, and you guys can be the judge of whether he should be on this podcast or not. Yeah. Got it. You got to earn your place, right? Yeah. Exactly. All right. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Peace.